This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, our guest is Chris Campitsis, and he's with the SKG team at Barnum Financial Group. Welcome, Chris. Hey, Gary. Thanks for having me. So tell us some about yourself and, and how you got into the finance industry. Sure. So um, it was, you know, the Great Recession, the beginnings of, of a lot of fear and, and panic in the market. And I realized that there's nothing more I'd like to be doing than helping people uh, figure their way through difficult uh, financial situations. And so I realigned my my education and I, I focused on uh, getting my degree in uh, finance and ultimately getting into a career in financial planning. So now... At um, Barnum Financial Group, you are part of a team inside of that. What what does your team uh, specialize in? Sure. So, very fortunate to be a part of a of a great team. Uh, the SKG team. We started. We're having our tenth anniversary this month as a team. Uh, my partner Ben founded the team. And what we specialized in since the beginning was primarily helping individuals inside of corporate America understand their benefits, understand their goals, aligning their work-life balance, and ultimately developing a financial plan for them to, to get to retirement on their terms. Since then, our, our targets have shifted slightly in that what we ended up uh, finding was that we would get a lot of referrals to business owners. So we, we since also developed quite a bit of a, a specialty in working with small business owners. And I would say, if you said, what are our teams to, to target markets, if you will, or areas of specialty, it would be corporate leaders and small business owners. Good. Now you've also gotten a designation um, that has to do with, you know, with, with exit strategies for business owners. Can you tell us some about that? Sure. So I am a certified uh, financial planner first and foremost, but uh, Ben and I, a few years ago, we became involved with an organization uh, called BEI based out of Denver, Colorado. And we went out to Denver and we studied and earned a designation called the CEXP or Certified Exit Planner designation. There's only about 300, maybe 350 uh, certified exit planners in the country. 
And basically what this designation does and this discipline focuses on is developing an exit plan for your business the same way that you would develop an exit plan from your corporate career or a financial plan for your family. Okay. So, you know, again, it goes back to planning. Same, same thing that, that you're saying that uh, an individual would do, the business owners doing the same thing, kind of plan their, their strategy out. Now, in doing this, how many of these business owners, um, uh, does it take longer to exit than they think it does? So that's a funny question because what we find is when you talk to most business owners, you know, in their, in their 50s or, or early 60s or early 70s, and you say, when do you plan on, on exiting the business? The, the most common answer you'll get, tell me if I'm wrong here, Gary, is ah, five years. Right? <laughs> Everyone says five years from now. But if they don't have a plan, if you talk to them in five years, they're going to give you that same exact answer. Oh, about five years from now. So just like anything else in life, if you don't have a plan, chances are you're not going to hit your goal. Right, right. So, you know, you've been doing this for a while now. What is, what is it that you wish that you knew when you started that you know now? I, I think the, the biggest thing that I wish I knew when I started that I know now is that ultimately we're not for everybody, mm -hmm. right? We can't be all things to all people. Um, you have to have, I believe as a professional, an approach that is uniquely yours. You have to have conviction behind the things that you believe in. You have to have a process that you stick to. And people either gravitate towards that, understand it and wanna sign up for it, or they just have a, a different style and approach and it's not for them and you have to part ways as friends. So I, I think too many professionals try to be all things to all people and ultimately that's not the right thing for the client and it's not the right thing for the professional. Right, I, I agree with you 100%. So what are some of the questions that, um, that you wish that the clients were asking when they first come in to see you? Sure. So you know, if, if I was a client, uh, I'd want to understand first and foremost, how my advisor or, or planner, uh, gets compensated. Mm -hmm. I think that's very, very important. I'd want to know is the person that I'm working with uh, a fiduciary, uh, you know, that's very important to know that they are legally bound to, to put your best interests first and foremost. And, and to me, those are table stakes. You know, those are sort of the standard interview questions. But then I'd want to understand philosophically what their approach is to achieving objectives, what my expectations can be in terms of service going forward, and, and really just make sure that our values align. I right. think that's really critically important. Now, you mentioned, uh, you know, somebody being a fiduciary. What, tell, tell our listeners, what does that mean? Yeah. Basically, that means someone who is responsible for putting your interests before theirs. It, it doesn't necessarily define 
how they're compensated or what tools or products or services they can use to solve a situation. But at the end of the day, uh, are they required to put your interest ahead of theirs at, you know, and do the right thing by now, how can you tell if somebody's a fiduciary without just flat out asking them? I mean, is there a designation that, that you have that yeah. makes you a fiduciary versus one that someone could have, someone that could be in this industry that, that wouldn't be a, a, a fiduciary? Well, all certified financial planners are, are required to uh, operate in accordance with the Certified Financial Planner Board of Standards Code of Ethics. Mm -hmm. That is a great way to start. Okay. Um, what are some of the, the biggest fears that your uh, clients have coming into you and how do you help them overcome those fears? It's a good question. Uh, the biggest fear that most clients have is just not knowing if everything is going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Not knowing if all the things they put in place, their, their life's work, ultimately when they do decide to finally let their foot off the pedal, if things are going to work out. You know, we're, we're so used to working in the business, to working in our career, to all of a sudden just pump the brakes, no longer have quite the same amount of cash inflows, in some cases, the expenses actually go up instead of down. Just knowing, hey, am I going to actually be okay? I think that provides a lot of peace of mind when hopefully they find out that they are going to be okay. Right. So, what are what are some of the common mistakes that you're that you're seeing people make? The single uh, biggest mistake that I see people making is retiring first selling the company first, and then doing the planning for their next steps. Uh, it's unfortunately far too common and far too often uh, that we will get referred to in incredible business leaders, C-suite executives of these unbelievable companies, and they never bother to take the time to actually do the analysis or they, you know, put in their resignation to find out, am I going to be okay? Right. So besides somebody being, you know, besides you being a fiduciary, what are some of the other reasons why somebody should use professional like you um, to help them with their, their, their life savings? I think when it comes to financial planning, and the act of, of putting together a, a financial plan. I think it's really critical to be able to have a professional that you can bounce ideas off of, just like a, uh, a good CPA, hopefully clients are, are, are bouncing ideas off of you, Gary, all the time. I know they are. Um, but then to be able to run hypotheticals and what ifs. So, you know, what if I buy that? second home? Or, or what if we, we do that downsize? Or, or, or what if I relocate to a different state with a higher tax rate or, or a lower tax rate? It's nice to be able to model those different scenarios and compare one versus another. It's certainly possible to do it on your own, 
But when you look at the, the level of experience required, the cost of the software required and the experience needed to get the most out of it, you're typically gonna end up saving a lot of time, which is your most valuable asset, if not also a lot of money in working with a, fidu a, a professional to do a financial plan. Uh, on the asset management side, when it, you know, you spend your whole career, you spend, you spend your whole uh, business livelihood building assets, right? Building equity in your company, building uh, your nest egg in your, in your 401k. And I have to tell you, the climbing up the mountain part is, is difficult, but the climbing down the other side of the mountain safely, distributing the, the assets, getting through the difficult market periods. That, that takes a, another, another level of, of sophistication. Uh, and, and it takes a, a little bit of, a, of an extra layer of gut check sometimes when things aren't going too well and, and, and a little bit of behavioral finance comes, right. comes into it and, and coaching. That's where a, a, a true advisor can add, can add a lot of value to the equation. Right. Now, so again, you've been doing this for many years and you, know, you have a, a wide range of, of clientele. What's the, the, the one thing that you've learned with dealing with people in such a, a, a vast background that they have? The, the losses hurt more than the gains help. Mm -hmm. uh, people get a lot more heartburn, lose a lot more sleep when their finances the stock market, their personal lives are going through a moment of turmoil. Right. When, when things are going well, the market's up, business is good, it's great. But when things are going bad, it hurts more than the good times uh, feel good. That's for sure. Right. What, um, because of COVID, um, how has that changed your business? You know, COVID has changed our business in, in, a, in a dramatic fashion. Uh, some not necessarily, frankly, for the worst. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's been a fast forward on the adaption of technology. It's, it's been a fast forward on the increased efficiency as it, as it pertains to time. You, you know, where we used to do let's say 20 to 30 meetings a week, two thirds of them were in person and a third of them were, were by phone. Now I'm probably doing uh, 30 to 40 meetings a week, all via Zoom right. or, or Teams and, or similar technology. And it's just, it's, you know, I don't know that clients are gonna have the same willingness to, to get dressed, to hop in the car, to set aside the time, to come to the office. Once in a while, there's nothing that can replace face-to-face. -face. Right. But, but there's a lot that can be done via screen share that I think is just going to save people a lot of time when they're dealing with their professional advisors. Yeah, I know we, we have seen it where 
people are actually excited about it because if they're running late, they can still meet with us from, from their workplace. Or if they're at home, something happens, a kid gets sick or whatever, they're still able to meet with us um, as compared to when it's face-to-face, -face, you know, not so much. Um, you know, we've definitely found that it's, that it's more efficient, um, you know, but we still have the people that want to meet, you know, face-to-face -face with us. So, you know, I, I'm in agreement with you. It's has changed a lot of things and I don't think all necessarily for the bad, that's for sure. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges that, you know, non-COVID that you guys are, are facing? So, you know, there's been a tremendous uncertainty in this country in terms of the political environment. Right. And, you know, regardless of what side of the aisle that you, you stand on from a politics standpoint, the impact that might have on investments, if so-and-so wins versus the other, uh, what that might happen on taxes, one side versus the other, et cetera. So there's just a tremendous amount of uncertainty that people have. And some of it is valid. A lot of it may not be. And, and I think ultimately that's where financial planning becomes so critical because it's so easy to get swayed by the headline. It's so easy to get swayed by the news report and to overreact to short-term current events. Mm -hmm. But if you have this written plan and you're hitting your goalposts, you're hitting your, your markers along the way, that really helps to keep you centered and keep you focused on your long-term goals. Right? It, it, it's not about what, where my company is going to be necessarily this year. It's where do I want my company to be five and 10 years from now? Where do I want my 401k to be five and 10 years from now? That's what really matters. So, you know, we, we need to adjust based on what's around today, but we can't overreact to it. Right. I agree. Um, when you know you're you're talking about setting the goals and hitting the goalposts and things like that, um, how often do you guys meet with your clients? So we offer a couple different packages based on what they're looking for. Uh, for most of our financial planning clients, where they're working with us on on a regularly updated plan, it's going to be typically quarterly. Mm -hmm. Some clients we meet with every other month, and, and for you know certain clients, they really want that monthly uh, touch base. Right. You know, somebody somebody new coming in, and you know, looking for advice, and and just you know, had never you know really truly used a planner. Um, what would your your minimum recommendation be to them of how often they should meet with their advisor? So what we'll typically do, just as if I think you you, you went to a doctor's office and you know uh, you, you had a physical done, we we try to assess where they are today in in relation to their goals, and then we provide a prescription for for their particular situation. So for some people, it's going to be a lot of handholding, a lot of rehabilitation. 
a, a lot of reorganizing. For other people, it's more so you're doing all the right things. You just need a little bit of accountability. You just need a little bit of a check-in. Uh, but in general, if you're starting a new planning relationship, I would think at a, at a minimum, it's two to three meetings uh, of really making sure that your planner understands you and you understand them. And then for the for the first couple years, I would check in at least every six months to to ensure that you're you're speaking the same language. Um, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of people have heard of Bernie Madoff and the different um, uh, other people that are out there that are like him. Um, what do you recommend uh, for people that are afraid of that type of situation? How can they safeguard th themselves? That's a great question. I, the biggest thing that I can suggest is you want to make sure that there's a separation of, of, of church and state or, or checks and balances, if you will. So the person actually managing the money isn't the firm printing the, the statements. Okay. Most... Uh, quality asset managers and, and, and financial advisors will typically use what's known as a custodian. Mm -hmm. And the custodian is typically a very well-known national institution where the assets are held. And typically they're the ones who are actually the ones responsible for the accounting and the, and the sending out of the statements. That's very important. And that was something that was missing in, in that particular situation. Right, right. So uh, over your years of doing this from the, from a business side, what's uh, your one piece of advice that somebody gave you that, that has really stuck with you over the years? The, what's one piece of advice that someone's given me that's really uh, stuck with me? It's, and I'll, I'll it's my partner, Ben, when, and when I started in, in the firm, write down your goals. For me, it was so important to write down my goals of the advisor that I wanted to grow to be, the way that I wanted to help people, the way that I wanted to grow my business so that I can look back a decade from then and, and see that I accomplished those. And I think that is so important. If you're a business owner, you know, every business owner creates a business plan when they start their business, how many business owners revise their business plan? You know, the business has been in operation for three years, five years. You should be updating it every year. Uh, same thing with, with individuals and, and families. I, my wife and I, you know, we, we had a conversation and we talked about how I didn't want to become the, the story of the, of the shoemaker's daughter. You know, I wanted to make sure my wife and my children were getting the same financial planning uh, advice that I was giving to other people. So we, we determined that we need to put together a financial plan for ourselves because, you know, I knew it all in my head, but she should see it on paper too. It shouldn't be just assuming this is Chris's department. He's going to take care of this. Right. So it's so important to write things down and to have an accountability partner, whether it's your, your CPA, your financial planner, both, a best friend, 
whoever it is, you, right. you know, you need to be checking in with someone on a regular basis. Right. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. So Chris, what, what have I not asked you um, today that you wish I would have? What have you not asked me today? Uh, well, I'll, can I throw one at you perhaps? Sure. sure. So how do you think the, the asset managers, the financial planners and the, and the CPAs can work together better on behalf of their clients? Because I think you probably, like me, I had some relationships that were wonderful and synergistic, right. and some not so much. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think that, that one of the big things that, uh, you know, people don't do is that they don't build their team of people and create a plan. Um, and then just like you said, you know, most business owners, they do that, that business plan because they were told that they needed to do that to get their capital to, to start their business and they don't revise it. Um, I think that many times people are afraid to have their CPA talking with their financial planner because they, oh, my CPA is going to send me a bill for this, where we can definitely be more proactive in the tax planning side of things if we are talking, um, you know, because lots of times you may not have all of their assets. Um, and if you don't have all of their assets, how do you know what loss carry forwards that they may have that aren't part of the portfolio that you're managing? You know, they may have rental properties, they may have other things. And if there's that, not that discussion, and I try to tell my clients all the time, it's like, you know, let's have a meeting with your financial advisor, not going to charge you for it. Let's just sit down and talk. So then this way we make sure that we're able to, uh, from a tax strategy standpoint, do the best for you um you know that we can and i i think that uh, i think that the the financial advisors lots of times you know that i've seen think that that we're trying to do their job for them and i can tell you most of the time cpas don't want to have anything to do with where the money's being invested because that's so far outside of our wheelhouse we just need to right. know the tax ramifications or we know the tax ramifications we just need to know what what income is coming, what's happening um, in, in just doing that planning, um, I think is, you know, extremely important. Um, I try to tell my clients that I think that, that I should talk with their financial advisor with them on the line twice a year. I want to know, you know, mid-year, where are we? Do we need to change estimates or not? And then also in December, when the mutual funds and stuff pay out all their capital gains. So then that way we really know, you know, what we need to do there at the, at the very end of the year uh, to make changes in estimates. Um, I, I think that that's the, one of the biggest issues in, you know, not just my industry, but your industry, that there's not that collaboration uh, that there really should be. I'll take that one step further and say, you know, if you're a business owner or you're a corporate leader, and your timeline is, you know, five, five years or less from making your move, and you haven't gotten your team in place and, and had a conversation. Your insurance professional, your attorney, your your CPA, your your financial planner, your wealth managers. You know, getting everyone on a Zoom, getting everyone in the meeting, and saying, "Hey, this is where I want to be. Let's 
let's get on the same page here. I think that is so critical. I don't think that has to be, you know, every meeting, yeah. but I, but it's definitely an important piece of the puzzle. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, Chris, that's the reason why I wrote the book, um, you know, the right team, the right plan. And that's what it's all about. It's building the right team. So you have a plan and don't be afraid of everybody getting together and discussing something. Um, I, I think that you're going to, you know, be better off. I mean, many, many, um, you know, big companies have a board of directors or a board of advisors. And to me, that's what your, your financial team really is. It's, it's a board of advisors, you know, to help you get to these goals that you've, uh, that you've set for yourself. Couldn't agree more, Gary. So if our listeners like what they hear, um, how can they, how can they reach out to you? You can visit our team's website at skgbarnum.com. You can learn more about us. You can click to to schedule a meeting right then and there. And we're happy to have a a conversation and and see if we're a fit. Great. Thank you for joining us today. And our guest has been Chris Campitas with the SKG team at Barnum Financial Group. Gary, thanks so much for having me. Have a great day. You too. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.